The AP preseason poll is out, and for the 10th time in history, the Tar Heels are number one. But does that ensure a successful season ahead? Well, if history has anything to say about it, I've got good news for you. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, October 20th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making our show your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget that we are free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so you can subscribe right now to make sure that you don't miss a second of your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, for those of you watching, apologies. You see, I'm wearing like a, a what do you call it? A toboggan, a, a stocking cap, a sock hat. I don't know what you call it, but uh, I just got home from being at a corn maze with my family, and I got to tell you, my head is freezing. So I'm wearing a hat. Deal with it. Okay. Uh, again, the preseason 2022-23 AP poll released on Monday of this week. And great news for the 10th time in program history, North Carolina is your number one team. And oh, by the way, that breaks a tie with Duke. Both programs had nine coming into this season. By the way, while we're talking about Duke and North Carolina, quick plug, don't forget, join Pat Kilby and I this Saturday right here on Locked on Tar Heels to rewatch the final four matchup between the Tar Heels and Blue Devils. We're going to be talking about it together, uh, live chatting with you all in real time as we watch the game. We're going to do a drawing for those who have subscribed to the channel this week. The winner will receive this program from last season's Final Four in its original wrapping. So make sure you mark your calendar for that this Saturday, October 22nd, 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central. Please come join us. It will be awesome, I promise you. Anyway, North Carolina, 10 times number one preseason. We're going to talk about the totality of the poll and other teams and conferences and stuff like that in just a little bit, but this is North Carolina show, so we want to talk about the North Carolina angle of that. First off, let me just say this. I love that the Tar Heels have this target on their back. Um, I know some people are like, man, I'd rather be the underdog and rather come from behind. No, lead from ahead. I love this. Um, I know that these Tar Heels want all this smoke. They, they're they like, dude, bring it on. We, we know what we're capable of. We know the talent and skill and depth we have. We trust our coach. Let's make this happen. So if you want to win at the highest level, why not lead from the front? Why not have the target? Man, I love this and can't wait to see how the Tar Heels handle it. That said, they're going to have to handle it because already you get everyone's best shot because you're North Carolina, all the more so when number one is listed beside your name. And additionally, being number one is great. But a, a national championship, it does not guarantee you. A Final Four, it does not guarantee you. In fact, uh, historically, for most teams, you got to imagine that it is more unlikely than likely that being number one uh, results in a national championship. In fact, looking at the data of that, that, that bears out 
to be true. And to be frank, that is the randomness of a single elimination tournament with 68 teams where you have to win four games against high-level elite teams just to make it to the final four, six games to win that national championship. Much easier said than done. So again, don't assume that just because North Carolina is preseason number one, it guarantees postseason success. You got to go out and prove it when the ball tips off starting on Monday, November 7th. But the question that I want to answer is, how will the Tar Heels perform uh, being number one? And what I want to do in order to help unpack that is look at some of the historical things the Tar Heels have done when they've been number one. Um, Because what if I gave you historically a 44% chance that the Tar Heels would make the final four? Because that's exactly what's happened when they've been preseason number one. Let me explain. The previous nine times the Tar Heels have been preseason number one, 1977-78. They, uh, I'm going to give you the year, where they finished in the final AP poll of the season, and what they did in the NCAA tournament. By the way, quick caveat, the final AP poll of the season does not factor in NCAA tournament results. It drops the day after selection Sunday every year. So keep in mind when I give you where they fell at the in the final AP poll, AP poll, it's at the end of conference tournament season. Okay, 77-78 was the first time they were ranked number one preseason. Finished that year 16 in the final poll, lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. That is the outlier of this thing. Listen to everything else that's happened. 1981-82, finished final AP poll, number one national championship. 1983-84, two seasons later, final AP poll, number one. Once again, they lost in the Sweet 16 that year. 86-87, final AP poll, they were number two, and they lost in the Elite Eight. 1993-94, coming off the national championship season. Final AP poll, number one in the nation, lost in the second round of the tournament that year, though. 2007-2008, number one in the final AP poll, lost to Kansas in the final four. Got blitzed in the first half of that game, you might remember. The next season, 2008-2009, finished number two in the final AP poll, But you better believe they were the national champs that season. 2011-2012, final AP poll, they were fourth and lost in the Elite Eight. That's the Kendall Marshall year where they were, man, looked like Carolina and Kentucky were headed for a national championship rematch from a game earlier that season. And then the most recent time the Tar Heels were number one preseason was 2015-16. Final AP poll, they were third in the nation, and they finished, as you well know that year, as the national runners-up to Villanova. And as for the 10th time Carolina is preseason number one, going to have to wait and see because that is this year. So, again, most recent time they were preseason number one was 2015-16. Oh, and by the way, when you take into account Carolina being in the national championship game recently, 2016, second place, 2017, won it. Take out the COVID year, right? And um, and then 2022, obviously North Carolina was in the most recent championship game. So you take out that COVID year, the Tar Heels have been in three of the past six national championship games. In fact, you could say that the Tar Heels are a Chris Jenkins shot and an Armando Baycott tweaked ankle away from having won three of the past six national championship games. Could you imagine if North Carolina had won half of the previous six national championships? That would just be absurd. But 
let's sum all this up. What North Carolina has done when they've been preseason number one. In terms of final AP rankings, they've been number one four times. Number two, twice. Number three, once. Number four, once. And number 16, once. What about NCAA tournament results in those nine previous years? Uh, Lost in the first round one time, second round one time, Sweet 16 one time, and Elite 8 twice. Lost in the Final Four once, that was that loss to Kansas. National runner-up once, and national champions twice. So summing that all up, in the nine previous times that North Carolina has started the season preseason number one, they've finished in the top four in the final AP poll eight of those nine times. That is insane odds. In fact, they've never, in those nine seasons, never finished worse than 16th in the final AP poll. And as I said, that was the outlier. In terms of NCAA tournament results, in those nine previous seasons as AP number one, Carolina has made it to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament seven times, and they've made it to the final four, four of those nine times, which as I told you just a minute ago, is 44%. So, like, are the are the Tar Heels guaranteed a championship or making it to the final four? Absolutely not. But they're in as good a position as you could hope for. And historically, those numbers say that if the Tar Heels are preseason number one outside of that first season, 1977-78, they are in great shape to finish the season as an AP top four team and to have great NCAA tournament success. And that's all you can ask for, right? Because again, the randomness of a single elimination tournament. In fact, let's finish this segment with a trivia question for you that I will answer right after the break. What was the last preseason AP number one team to win the national championship? And I need you to give me the school and the season that it happened. Again, what was the last preseason AP number one to eventually win the national championship? Doesn't have to be wire to wire number one, but they were preseason number one and they won the national championship in the same season. I'll give you the answer in just a minute. But first, I want to look at the rest of the AP Top 25, what conferences are represented. Is the ACC going to be any better than it was last year? Ah, You're going to have to wait, and we'll talk about it in just a moment, as well as the answer to the trivia question right after I tell you about sweat block. Chris suffered from excessive underarm sweat for 10 years. He was so worried about sweating through his dress shirt that he started tucking maxi pads in his shirt to soak up the sweat until he found sweat block, which changed the game for him. Again, thankfully, Chris was able to fix his problem with sweat block. Just the other day, I forgot to put deodorant on and I just remember thinking, man, I am dripping and I wish I had a strong and really good deodorant to help me. Sweatblock is great for that because it was invented by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. It's doctor created and doctor recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock and save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. All right, you ready for the answer to the trivia question again? What was the last preseason AP number one team? to win the national championship. And I need the school and the season. I'm guessing a lot of you watching and listening are getting this right, but it is the 2008-2009 North Carolina Tar Heels led by Tyler Hansborough and Ty Lawson and Wayne Ellington, that whole crew, Danny Green, Deion Thompson. Man, what a team, just 
unbelievable team that was won all six NCAA tournament games by double digits. It's hard to believe it's been over a decade since that team won the national championship. And it's hard to believe it's been over a decade since a preseason number one actually ended up winning the national championship. Maybe the Tar Heels could do that again this season. In fact, no UNC team has ever been wire to wire number one. Maybe this team can do that. Okay, let me unpack for you the rest of the AP Top 25, and then we can look at the conference breakdowns, and uh, I'll just kind of look at some of that, and we'll talk about some of it and keep on going. Obviously, we've already said UNC is number one, rounding out the rest of the top 10. Number two, Gonzaga. Number three, Houston. Number four, Kentucky. I think a lot of people around the country believe that those four schools are a tier above everyone else. In fact, if you wanted to cut that off, um, after three, I think I've seen even more um, people believing in the Tar Heels and in Gonzaga and in Houston with Kentucky just right on their heels and then another cut line beyond that. And so I've seen different preseason polls where Gonzaga's number one, uh, places where Houston's number one in, in any order. And so a lot of variety out there, which honestly makes for a fun college basketball season when you've got a lot of these top teams. And a lot of that is because of so much talent coming back to college. Beyond Kentucky, tied for fifth, Baylor and Kansas, your first two Big 12 teams on the list. Number seven, Duke, eight, UCLA. So we've got just a lot of the heavy hitters right there out of the gate. Number nine, Creighton, their highest ever in program history preseason ranking. Number 10, Arkansas, 11, Tennessee. So we got a little SEC contingent right there. Number 12, Texas. Number 13, Indiana. Believe it or not, that is the first Big 10 team on this list. Wow. Took till number 13 to get there. 14, TCU. They are ranked very high this season. You don't often think about TCU as, as that high, but man, they've got a squad this season. 15, Auburn. 16, Villanova in their first year without Jay Wright. And uh, moving on from there to number 17, Arizona. 18, Virginia. I think a lot of people are believing in Virginia uh, at, at a higher level than 18, but we'll have to see. Number 19, San Diego State. 20, Bama. 21, the Oregon Ducks, 22, Michigan, 23, Illinois, 24, Dayton, and 25, rounding it out, the Texas Tech Red Raiders out of Lubbock, Texas. And so when we look at that entire list of the top 25, um, the two most represented conferences are the Big 12 and the SEC, which each have five teams on it. So for the for the Big 12, which actually only has 10 teams right now, uh, that means exactly half of their conference is listed in the AP Top 25 preseason with um, Baylor and Kansas at the top of the heap for the conference. They're tied at fifth. Coming in just behind those, the ACC, the Big 10, and the Pac-12 all have Three teams represented for them for the ACC. It's North Carolina at one, Duke at seven, and Virginia at 18. For the Big Ten, remember I said it's Indiana is the first team on the list for the for the Big Ten. They're coming in at 13. And then scrolling on down, you don't get any other Big Ten teams until Michigan at 22 and Illinois at 23. For the Pac-12, they've got three schools. Uh, UCLA coming in at number eight. Uh, scrolling down through it here, Arizona at 17 and Oregon at 21. There's one conference that has two schools listed, and that's the Big East. And uh, for the Big East, they've got Villanova at 16, 
And who else is it for the Big East? I'm just, oh, Creighton at nine. So actually higher. Creighton uh, then seated the highest of the Big East teams. And then uh, there are four conferences represented by one team. First is the A-10, uh, which is Dayton, 24th on the list. AAC has one that would be Houston at third on the list. Mountain West Conference has one school that's San Diego State coming in at 19. And of course, uh, the WCC West Coast Conference has Gonzaga coming in at second. And so as I look at this, man, the ACC, which has historically been this this dominant conference has not seen that level that that level of height in recent years. I think some of that is uh, when you've added all the way up to 15 schools. There's just a lot of bottom feeders, a lot of dead weight at the bottom. When you just had the nine schools, it's kind of similar to what the Big 12 has right now. Um, you you just had a lot higher level competition up and down throughout the conference, and so you've still got the the highest you know the top tier elite teams, North Carolina, Duke, Virginia, Florida State, Miami have all kind of been in that mix in that mix in recent years. And so um, you look at that and you just say, what, you know, where is the bigger flag bearers for the conference? And so um, it appears that this is going to be another year where the ACC is likely trumped by at least the Big 12, probably the SEC, and maybe even even the Big 10. We'll have to wait and see on some of that. Another question, is this the year the Big 10 finally wins a championship? Because they haven't since 2000 when anybody? Michigan State won. Uh, hopefully somebody out there was getting that. And so it uh, doesn't look like it. Uh, the Big 10 just doesn't have, they've got a lot of strong teams similar to what they did last year, but there's no top level elite teams out of the Big 10 like there was last year. And so I, I'm going to imagine that it's another year off the, off the calendar without the Big 10 bringing home a national championship. Pretty crazy that that is the reality. But that's your preseason top 25. Obviously, we're going to live with that for uh, just a little bit about a month before games tick off, tip off again on Monday, November 7th will be the first games. And so it'll be that next week when we get our, our uh, first regular season edition of the AP Top 25, and we'll see how things shuffle around. Now, if Carolina is preseason number one, that probably means they got some great accolades in the preseason ACC voting, right? Well, those results came out this week on Tuesday. I'm going to get to unpack it for you in just a second, right after I tell you more about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. In fact, the Tar Heel football team now actually has odds to win the 2023 National Championship. That's right. By virtue of the fact that they keep winning football games, uh, Bet Online has realized that they matter enough to create odds. It's only 125 to 1, but it's still odds, and the Tar Heels currently have the 14th best odds to win the National Championship, according to Bet Online. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering info with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs going on right now, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to Bet Online or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
Okay, so we've already looked at kind of the national scope of things. And now we want to move to looking at the ACC scope of things. As I said, if the Tar Heels are number one in the nation, you got to imagine they are well represented within their own conference. And that's absolutely correct. And so uh, the last week was ACC media days and the media voted on things there. There were 101 different ballots um, entered. And uh, here is, is where North Carolina came out. First, let me just give you uh, a few things. There's no like preseason coach of the year voted on. There's no preseason defensive player on the year. So no reason to get all up in arms about Leaky Black not being voted defensive preseason player of the year because there wasn't a vote. Okay. So just no need to huff and puff quite yet. Um, no most improved preseason uh, of the year. It's just picking a preseason order of the standings, um, a player of the year, a freshman or rookie of the year, and then a first and second team. And so let me just run you through those really quick. First off, player of the year, you guessed it, Armando Baycott coming in with 82 votes out of those 101 ballots cast. Ballots cast. And you would love to see um, even higher for that, but um, there's a lot. This is one of those where just a lot of different people are going to get a lot of votes because you only get one vote for this. It's not like you get to pick a top five. It's just like, here's my player of the year. And so uh, Baycott getting 82 of those 101 is not bad. And comparatively, again, 82 votes. The next highest was Miami's Isaiah Wong, who got five votes. So Armando obliterated everyone else in the field here. And it just makes sense, right? Um, given what, what he did last season and what he's bringing back that people are going to uh, vote him as such. In terms of the Rookie of the Year, that award went to, or that uh, honor, because I guess there's no actual award yet, but the honor of being voted Preseason Rookie of the Year went to Duke's Derek Lively II. Um, there are several Duke players in contention for that, but Derek Whitehead, who I think probably would have otherwise received this honor is out with an injury right now. And so that's probably why Derek Lively wins this vote. Several of the Tar Heel uh, freshmen got votes in this, including Tyler Nickel, Jalen Washington, who each got two, and Seth Trimble, who got one. Getting into the first teams, there's, there's only first and second team right now, no third team or honorable mention or anything like that. So just keep that in mind. So for the first team, you've got Armando Baycott from the University of North Carolina, Isaiah Wong from Miami, Caleb Love from Carolina, Terquavion Smith from NC State, and Jeremy Roach, Duke's returning point guard. And um, so you've got that uh, second team, Jaden Gardner from Virginia, Derek Lively II from Duke, Justin Mutz coming back to Virginia Tech. Boy, he is a terror, really tough to deal with. P.J. Hall from Clemson, who is somebody uh, I really hoped and thought the Tar Heels would pursue in the transfer portal, but decided decided to stay there in Clemson. And then rounding out the second team is our guy, R.J. Davis. And so it's really interesting when you look at the first team, it's Armando Baycott, right? Traditional, true big man center. But then outside of that, it's four guards. Isaiah Wong from Miami, Caleb Love, Terquavion Smith, and Jeremy Roach. All four of those other guys are guards. And that's really interesting because when you look at the national scene, the first team is going to be loaded with bigs, whether it's Armando Baycott, Oscar Shibway uh, from Kentucky, um, Drew Timmy from up at Gonzaga, Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana, 
uh, Hunter Dickinson at Michigan. So probably some mixture of those guys, probably four of them are going to get first team preseason accolades on the national level. And probably most places you'll see uh, Marcus Sasser, uh, who's Houston's main guard, getting that fifth spot. And so uh, an interesting just dichotomy between the ACC squad and the national squad. Um, and then uh, obviously we want to talk about the ACC preseason predicted standings for what will come in the regular season. Um, North Carolina is voted in as your number one team in uh, in this voting, followed by Duke second, Virginia third, Miami fourth, Florida State fifth, Notre Dame coming in at sixth, Virginia Tech seventh, Syracuse eight, Wake Forest nine, NC State ten, Clemson eleven, and then Louisville twelfth, Boston College thirteen, Pitt fourteenth, and Georgia Tech rounding things off at the bottom of the barrel. And so I don't have any big qualms with this. Um, I know there have been people that have talked about Virginia ahead of either Duke and or North Carolina, um, just returning what they do and, and taking another leap forward. Going to have to wait and see it, but I, I can't fault you if you vote Virginia second. And then uh, the one that to me, the biggest thing that I'm going to take issue with is Virginia Tech down at seventh. Uh, I just don't see that like Florida State and Notre Dame are both above them. And with players like Hunter Couture coming back, Justin Mutz coming back, I just think they will finish the season, if not in the top four, like I could even see them ousting Miami, although Miami's backcourt, goodness gracious, would be really strong this year once again. Um, but I, I really wouldn't be surprised to see Virginia Tech in that top five. So I think they're a little too low at seven there, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, NC State down at 10th. I think that probably makes sense even with Traquavion Smith coming back. If Darion Sebron had decided to return to school, I think you would definitely see them higher. And so maybe that's why most people are having them down at 10th. Uh, in terms of votes, North Carolina was voted number one by 90 of the 101 ballots cast. And so there were 11 remaining ballots that didn't pick North Carolina number one. And here's where those votes went. Six to Virginia. So remember I said um, a lot of people are thinking even Virginia over Duke there. And so you might see that flip flop. So Virginia had the second most first place votes at six. And then Duke and Miami each got two. And then Virginia Tech received one first place vote and then um, ultimately fell to seventh in the overall standings just based on where other people put them. So again, watch out for Virginia Tech to be higher than seventh. I'm, I think that's very low. Um, in terms of player of the year votes, as I said, Armando got 82 of those. And so other players that got votes include Isaiah Wong from Miami, Caleb Love, Jeremy Roach from Duke, PJ Hall from Clemson, RJ. And so you got three Tar Heels receiving player of the year votes. That's pretty great to see. Jaquavion Smith from NC State, Hunter Couture from Virginia Tech, and Dariq Whitehead from Duke. And this is assuming he can get healthy and into playing action. So lots of good stuff there. Love to see all this love that Carolina is getting on both the national and conference level in the preseason. But as we've talked about, you got to go out and prove it on the court night in and night out. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'm waiting to see. Is Carolina going to be able to continue to build on what they did in the latter third of last season and just find that consistency where they are up and ready every game, every opponent, whether it's 
Duke or whomever, you know, would be lower than when they go to play Portland, for example, in the PK 85 up there in Portland in, uh, in about a month or so uh, over Thanksgiving. And so um really interested to see how that plays out, but man, got to have faith in what the Tar Heels are going to do this season. Well, friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. I hope that you are encouraged to see uh, all the love that the Tar Heel team is getting, and they're going to go out and prove it. Coming up on tomorrow's show, I've got an issue with all this talk about inflating the NCAA tournament. Ain't got to mess with that. It's good just like it is. So we got to unpack that. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Locked on Heels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. If you want to email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Get more on the ACC by making Locked on ACC your second listen of the day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked on take you around the conference in 30 minutes, five days a week. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening or watching. Smash the like button. Leave some comments on why you're excited for this season. And don't forget to ring that bell if you're on YouTube so you get notifications every time a new episode drops. Don't forget to join us on Saturday for the Final Four Rewatch. It is going to be awesome. Make sure you get in and you're chatting with us and everyone else there. Thanks so much for hanging out with me on a Thursday. I hope you've enjoyed the show. And uh, man, it's always fun to talk rankings and voting and all that kind of stuff. And I want to remind you that it is always a great day to be a target. Hey, until tomorrow. Peace.